0: Amen. It's so good to be here on this lovely summer morning. Um, When I was 10, I had a watershed moment. Uh, For some of you who've ever done a quiz with me, you'll know that geography really isn't my strong point, although you'd be surprised to know I actually did do a part of my degree in geography. And as part of that, we looked at physical water features, and the watershed is one of them. So the watershed is the the area surrounding a river system. So either it is where a whole load of little rivers come out into one big river and out into the sea, or it's where one river comes, separates into two because of a geographical feature, maybe a hill or a mountain, and so it's forced to separate. Now, when I was 10, I had a moment like that. I had a moment where I had a decision to make. You see, I felt the Lord prompting me that I needed to get baptized. But I was having a bit of a moment of, I do not want to go there. I don't want to get baptized. I don't know what it was in my heart or in my spirit, but I felt so nervous and so anxious about it and so any time anybody mentioned baptism i'd either walk into the other room i would change the subject or i would uh, subconsciously put my fingers in my ears went, la 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 don't hear what you're saying because i really didn't want to do it and it was about that time that we went to spring harvest and spring harvest is a little bit like a week long uh, holiday uh, sunday service uh, for people, whole families, so there'd be stuff on for the adults, there'd be stuff on for the children, and uh, we would go along to this as children, and our parents would go off. And during that time, we had a a moment where we learned a memory verse. And that memory verse was Acts chapter 2, verse 39. And we learned this song for this memory verse. And basically it was saying that the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children and for all who are far off. So it wasn't uh, just for the adults, it was for the children as well. And I'd obviously gone home and I'd looked up this passage in my Bible. And that's a passage that we're going to look at today. So we're going to turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 38 to 39. And it says this. This is basically the bit just after um, the Holy Spirit had come on the people of God. And during that moment, uh, they had started speaking in all sorts of different languages. And then Peter explained to the crowd what was happening, and he shared the gospel. And in that moment where he shared the gospel, the people said... Um, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied to them, verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. And in that moment, I realized this baptism thing isn't just for adults. It's not just for my parents, it's not just for the adults in my church, but it was for me too. And in that moment, I realized that I needed to be obedient and I needed to get baptized. We're going through a sermon series at the minute to do with growing up. And today we're looking at baptism. And for me, baptism was a really clear growing up moment. And maybe you're listening to my story and you're thinking... Jude, that's all very well, but I'm listening to church for the very first time. I have no idea, one, what baptism is. Or maybe you've been to a baptism service and you know what it is, but you thought, I have no idea what on earth they're doing or why they're doing what they're doing. Or maybe you know what it's all about. You've seen it happen, so you know what it is, but you're thinking, why me? And this morning, we're going to try and cover all of those things. So what is baptism? We're going to look at it in two parts. First of all, we're going to have a look at the background for baptism, and then we're going to look at what it is today, what we see happening today. So first of all, the background. We see lots of ancient cultures had ritual cleansing, from whether it was a bridegroom that would wash himself before he got married, or whether it was before they ate certain kinds of foods, they would wash their hands to make sure they were ritually clean. But Christian baptism has its root back in Old Testament law. And in Exodus 29 verse 4, we see Aaron and his sons who are just about to enter the newly constructed tabernacle. And before they go in, before they go into the presence of God, they have to totally wash themselves and get themselves clean. Or what about in Leviticus 14 verse 8? Uh, in that moment a whole load of people are healed from terrible skin diseases and they're told to go and wash themselves. In fact, they had to shave off their hair and eyebrows too, but we won't go into all of that. But they had to make sure that they were totally clean before they could come back. The first example that we see in the Bible of baptism as we know it today is the moment where John the Baptist starts baptizing people in Mark 1 Verse four, and I'll read it to you. And it says, And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the River Jordan. So what does baptism look like now in our church context? Well, we see in the Bible many times that a large body of water was used. So take, for example, in John 3 verse 23, when John the Baptist chooses a particular part of the River Jordan and he chooses that part because there was plenty of water. Or what about that moment when Jesus was baptised and he comes back up out of the water? Or when Philip baptises the Ethiopian eunuch at the side of the road in Acts 10, they stop the chariot near a river and you see them going into the water and coming back out of the water. So in our church context, baptism involves a large body of water, like maybe a swimming pool or a river or a lake or the sea or even a baptismal tank. The person is dunked totally underneath the water and then they come back up. And we always, always encourage people to share their story about what has happened because what we believe is that baptism is an external symbol of an internal reality, So it's an external uh, example of what has happened inside that person's heart and life. So what does baptism symbolize? If it's an external symbol, what is that symbol? A, it's a bath. During the first lockdown, uh, I have two vulnerable people living in my household. And so whenever I went to the shops, I would be super, super careful. I would go to the shops, making sure I had my gloves, because that was a thing at the beginning, wasn't it? My mask on. I would do all my shopping. Then I would come home, put the shopping in the house, run upstairs, have a shower, get out of the shower, shove all my clothes in the washing machine. And then I would start unpacking my food, having wiped it all down first. The interesting thing is that did everything about the outside of me in terms of the virus. But if any virus had have got into me during that time, it could do absolutely nothing about it. And that's the same when we have a bath or when we have a shower. We can wash the external of ourselves, but we can't do anything about what's going on or what has gone in, the dirt and the grime inside. So many times we feel that dirt on the inside because of the things that we've done wrong in our lives, the things that have separated us from the people around us and the things that separate us from God. And I feel like this morning, there's maybe a few of you, maybe more than just a few of you that say, Jude, you have no idea how dirty I feel inside. How do I do anything about that? And there's a time later on we're going to give you the opportunity because it's actually nothing that you can do. It's what Jesus has done for you by his death on the cross. He took every single little bit of punishment for all of those things on himself, and he left them on the cross. And then he died, and he came back to life. And you know, there is freedom for you. There is cleanness for you. So baptism is an external symbol of the total cleaning up from the outside to the inside with a bath. What else? Baptism is a symbol of a burial. I heard this story about two neighbors. One neighbor had a dog, and the other neighbor had a lovely white fluffy rabbit. And the neighbor with the rabbit went off on holiday. And one day, the neighbor with the dog came back with the rabbit between his jaws. The rabbit was no longer white and fluffy, but was dirty, and to the neighbor's shock, was dead. And they were like, what are we going to do? Our neighbors are on holiday. What are we going to do if they find out that our dog killed it? So the neighbors thought they've got a bit of time, so they washed the rabbit. They made sure that it was nice and clean. They got the hairdryer out and made sure they blow-dried the rabbit so it was looking all nice and fluffy again, and they put it back in the hutch where it would have died. A few days later, when the family with the rabbit came back from holiday, they were chatting to the neighbors on the driveway, and they said, the strangest thing happened to us. Before we went on holiday, our rabbit died And we buried it in the garden. And when we came back from holiday, the rabbit was all clean and sitting back in its hutch. (laughs) Do you know that baptism uh, is an example of a burial? It's an example of us dying to our old self and being brought back anew. We're not sitting nice and cleaned up but dead like the rabbit. We're actually nice and cleaned up and ready to live our lives again, afresh in a new way, dying to our old self, dying to the stuff of the past, dying to being lord of our own lives and being king of our own lives and saying, from now on, I want to live my life with Jesus as the lord of my life, with Jesus as my king. I want to follow in his ways. And so baptism is an external symbol of that line in the sand moment, that dying to our old self, and that living again for Jesus. And then it's also an external symbol of a badge of belonging, Both my boys were a part of Beavers, and uh, as a part of Beavers, they get these little cute blue T-shirts, nice bright blue, with a little badge on that says Beavers, and then they get a jumper that also has a blue and it's got a little badge on. And for all intents and purposes, at that point, they're Beavers however there is a moment where they get given a necker and a woggle it's called when they're invested and that is a sign that they are a beaver but they are part of that company of beavers the the woggles are all different colors depending on uh, which company you belong to now they were beavers before that but this is their moment of belonging and you know in the old testament a moment of belonging for believers was circumcision And you'll be very glad that we don't practice that anymore. But what we do practice is baptism. Baptism is a sign that I belong to God's people. But not only do I belong to God's people, but I also belong to God. We baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's a declaration that I am not my own anymore, that I've died to my old self, that I'm all cleaned up and that I belong to God's people. So we've looked at what baptism looks like in a large body of water. We share our testimony. We've looked at what baptism means, what it symbolizes. as a bath getting all cleaned up. It's a burial, a dying to our old selves, and it's a badge of belonging. But why you? Why me? Why was it important for Jude at 10 years old to decide that I was going to be baptized? First of all, we see it happening time and time again in the Bible. People believe in Jesus, and in that moment, they're baptized. In fact, you'll be super hard-pressed to find somebody, apart from the thief on the cross, when he gave his life to Jesus. Understandably, it was going to be too tricky for him to then be baptized. But apart from him, when people believe, they're baptized. So just after the passage that I read in Acts 2, It said this, those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Lord, we would love for 3,000 to be added to our number that day. Imagine baptism services of of 3,000. Incredible. Here's just another few examples. Lydia that we read about in Acts 16 when she was selling her purple cloth and she heard Paul sharing about Jesus. She asked to be baptized. What about the Philippian jailer when Paul and Silas were in prison and they prayed? And in that moment, the power of God came, broke all their chains, flung open the doors. They could have easily walked out, but they decided not to. They decided that they were going to wait there. And as the jailer woke up, he was very distressed at the thought that all of his prisoners may have been free. And when he realized that they weren't, he said, what must I do to be saved? And he was baptized that day, too. Or what about Crispus, the synagogue leader in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 14, or Simon the sorcerer in Acts 8? We could go on and on. So, why do we get baptized? Because we see it happening in the Bible. And what we see happening in the Bible is what we base our lives on as Christians. And so, that's the first reason you need to be baptized. The second is that Jesus commanded it. A few weeks ago, I talked about what it looks like to share Jesus, to make disciples as we go. But the bit that I didn't really concentrate on was a bit in verse 19 that says, therefore, as you go make disciples, but it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus commanded it. But that's why Peter can say, when when the people ask in uh, Acts 2, when they say, what must we do to to be saved? He says, believe and be baptized. Because he's just been told by Jesus, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For me, that moment at 10 was actually a matter of obedience. I had a moment where I could choose to be obedient to what I felt God was saying to me, or I could ignore it. I could metaphorically put my fingers in my ears and I could ignore what he was saying to me. I wonder whether there's some of you, it might not be to do with baptism, it might be to do with something entirely different, that you know that God is speaking to you about something. And actually today is a watershed moment for you where you can decide which way you're going to go but you've metaphorically got your fingers in your ears. You're saying, la la la, (laughs) I don't want to do what you're saying, Lord. I want to encourage you today to take that step. So why? Because we see it happening in the Bible. Also because Jesus commanded it. But then finally, because it's a really powerful witness. So many times there have been moments where there's been a baptism service and I have sat in floods of tears just hearing the transforming work that Jesus has done in somebody's life. But not only that, but many people have become Christians in that moment. Take Brian Doherty, for example. Him and Tammy are the site pastors for Ellen, and when um, their son was being baptized, he experienced the power and the presence of God, so much so that he could not ignore him anymore, and he gave his life to Jesus there and then. Church, this is a really exciting opportunity to invite your world I guarantee that people who don't know about Jesus will come along to hear your story. So I want to encourage you. I want to implore you. If you haven't been baptized and you feel the Lord asking you to do it and invite everybody along. Let's not put it off. There are a whole load of questions that come up often when we talk about baptism. And I thought I'd just address a few of those Maybe you're thinking, I was baptized as a baby. Does that count? Do you know, I know lots of people who've been baptized as babies in the Church of Scotland or the Episcopal Church or the Anglican Church. And then they've been confirmed as believers later on. And with all sincerity in their spirit, they believe that they have followed what scripture has told them to do. And then in total contrast, my mum was um, christened as a baby But when she grew up, when she uh, trusted in Jesus for herself, she had read scripture and felt like, no, I know that I need to be baptized. And so what we would say as a church is that we believe the Bible teaches that baptism is for people who have decided to follow Jesus by dunking their whole body. By the end of the day, it's between you and the Lord. It's your conscience whatever the Lord is saying to you. So I want to encourage you just to open your heart up to whatever the Lord might be saying to you this morning. Another question people ask is, is it too late? Actually, I became a Christian 30 years ago and I've never been baptized. Is it too late for me to be baptized now? Do you know, as soon as a body is buried, the best thing is died, the best thing to do is to bury it. But there are moments, there are times, maybe in war, where bodies are left unburied for a while. But if you come across a a body that has died, the best thing to do is to bury it. So what we want to say to you is, it's not too late. Actually, when I was 10, I had been a forever friend of Jesus for a number of years before then. It's not too late. And then thirdly, people say, you know, you're used to speaking in public. You're used to all of that, but I'm not sure I really want to share my story in front of a whole load of people. Do I have to? The answer is yes, you do. Because do you know, there's something really special for you as you reflect back on what God has done in your life, but also something really special and significant as you share it with those around you. But you don't have to do that on your own, in your own strength, not one bit. Do you know, as sight passers, we'd love to get alongside you. We'd love to sit down and help you get some of your thoughts and feelings onto paper. And we can even do it in a way that we have an interview where we ask a question and you come up with the answer. We can prepare that in advance. We can practice it. There are lots of ways that we can support you to do that. But we would love you to be able to share your story with those people around you. So I wonder whether today is a watershed moment for you. I wonder whether it's a moment where you've heard about baptism. You now know what it's all about. You've chosen to believe, put your trust in Jesus and accept his death on the cross and accept his forgiveness. And you're like, do you know what? This is the next step for me. And you're probably thinking, how do I go about doing that? This is a bit of a crazy time in the middle of a pandemic. But with restrictions easing, there are definitely ways that we can make that happen. So I want to encourage you to speak to your site pastor. And if you don't have a site pastor and you're watching online, get in touch with Libby, uh, our online pastor, and she can have a chat with you. But I don't want us to move from this moment without an opportunity. For those of you that feel messy, on the inside, that know that there's stuff in your life that you need forgiveness for. I don't want to move from this moment without giving you an opportunity to come to Jesus. And so I'm just going to be quiet for a moment. Do you know, as I was preparing for today, I just wondered whether there are some children and teenagers that there's this moment every week when it says on your screen, when your mom and your dad or whoever you stay with, And it says, I choose to commit my life to Jesus. And you're thinking, that's me. But I don't want to get up and go over to my mum and dad's computer and I don't want to click that button because that would be embarrassing. I want to encourage you today, this could be your moment too. This might be a moment where you step out, where you take that stand for Jesus. So we don't any longer have that button that you can click But what we do have is the chat section in YouTube and in Facebook. And you can find that little hand up emoji and you can say, that's me. Or you can say, I'm in with both feet. If you want to give your life to Jesus. And so I'm just going to pray. I'm going to be quiet for a moment beforehand. And then you can just pray after me. Father God, I thank you that you love me so much. I thank you that you love me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for every single thing that I have ever done wrong. I'm sorry for all of those things and I bring them to the cross now. I bring them to you, Jesus, and I say, please forgive me. Today, I choose to follow you. I choose that watershed defining moment of taking a path that says goodbye to my old life and says hello to a life with Jesus, a life with you. Would you come into my heart? Would you be the leader and the king of my life? I surrender to you today, Jesus. Amen.